Welcome to the Experience Darden Podcast. I'm your host, Brett Twitty, and you are listening to a new episode. So this episode is all about entrepreneurship. I recently connected with Alex Zaretta, a second year student in our full-time MBA class of 2021, to talk about his recent win in the UVA Entrepreneurship Cup, or what's called the E-Cup, as well as his idea, Zalens, all about helping people make meaningful connections. I think you're really gonna enjoy this conversation. So without further ado, here's my interview with Alex Zaretta. Alex, welcome to the podcast. I'm excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Well, thank you so much for doing this. Uh, first and foremost, how are you doing? I'm doing well, honestly. Uh, I'm, I'm actually thriving. I feel like during this this time, it's a, kind of a blessing in disguise. Um, I mean, they say entrepreneurs are resourceful, but um, I actually really like the, the Zoom classroom format. Um, I feel like I've been able to focus on the material a lot better. Um, I feel like more connected to the professor, which seems kind of weird because even though they're really far away from me, you know, they're a lot you know, bigger on the screen. Um, and then also like I'm, I live in Ivy. So like I see my classmates all the time. So I have, <laughs> and those who don't live in Ivy, they live in like uh, Huntington or, or the PAV. So I feel like I haven't been as affected as, as most people during, during these times. Well, glad to hear you're doing well. And for our listeners who are just orienting to the Charlottesville housing landscape, Ivy is Ivy Gardens. Uh, Huntington uh, is another popular apartment complex where students live. And of course, PAV is the pavilion in North Grounds, just right, right down the hill. Well, Alex, um, let's get into your story a little bit uh, here before we kind of talk about sort of the inspiration for this episode. Of course, you were in the E-Cup recently. You won in the E-Cup uh, in one of the rounds of the E-Cup. And so reached out to you to say, hey, come on the podcast, talk about your idea. But before we get there, let's talk a little bit more about you. So um, tell us a little bit more about your background. What did you do before coming to Darden? Yeah. Uh, uh, who am I? Yeah, that's a question I've wondered myself the past couple of years. <laughs> Uh, yes, let's see. So, um, I'm originally from Northern Virginia, uh, so I didn't go very far. Um, but I actually went to undergrad for, um, for UVA uh, at UVA and I did biomedical engineering. Um, and when I was graduating, uh, I had this translation, translational research project where, uh, I was genetically engineering bacteria, um, in order to detect harmful bacteria in the same way that, um, a pregnancy test does it pretty simply. Um, I worked in that for two years and we got pretty big research grant for that. Um, but we spent like those two and a half years and all that money building the product instead of actually going out and talking to real people. So during that time, I had been trying to help younger students realize that like, even as engineers, they could go and make their, their ideas a reality um, through entrepreneurship. Um, but uh, so, so I, um, I was in Charlottesville still. And when my project wasn't going so well towards the end, um, the engineering school had actually seen what I've been doing and I've been talking with them and they were like, hey, do you wanna come do that for us? So they created a position for me, which was really awesome. And um, basically all I did was go out and talk to students who were trying to go after entrepreneurial projects. And I was trying to figure out what worked and didn't work for them. And the interesting thing was that I found that a lot of programs that are prevalent at many institutions around the country, even those who have high levels of entrepreneurship, they don't actually work <laughs> to actually help students move forward. Um, so what I ended up doing was implementing programs that were more about creating community um, between entrepreneurs, uh, especially among those who showed a high engagement level on their projects, not just everyone who just showed up to a meeting. Um, and we ended up quadrupling the number of entrepreneurs who were able to be successful uh, out of graduation. 
Um, and like for my resume, since we like quantification here at Darden, uh, I think I counted like 39 startups I mentored who are now at a combined valuation of $140 million valuation and, and growing. So that was pretty awesome. Um, so, so yeah, that's, that's what I did before coming to Darden. Wow, um, that's incredible. And yes, we do uh, like quantification at Darden and, and on the podcast, I should say. That is, that is awesome to hear uh, that story. So I'm wondering, you mentioned having background in engineering, obviously doing you know, this work in sort of sciences. Um, had you thought about an MBA for a while? Um, no, actually, um, <laughs> if you were to ask my 18-year-old self if I'd ever do an MBA program, I, I think that would be the last thing that I would do. Um, I, I mean, like I mentioned, like, I don't think I had a ton of respect for business. I kind of thought it was the major that people did when they didn't know what else they should be doing. That was kind of like the, the hubris of, of engineering. Um, and he, I mean, even like when I was graduating, I didn't want to go back to grad school in general. Um, I wanted to go out there and really make a difference in the world. So, um, the fact that I'm even here in an MBA program is kind of baffling <laughs> to me. And yet you're here. So what, what pushed you to take the step and say like, you know what, this is, this is the right step for me. Yeah. Um, so let's see. So I think I love my time working at UVA, but I think I was really frustrated um, with where I was at my career because I was trying to do something fast and I was trying to break things and find things that worked in, inside of a large institution that um, I, I think maybe like, values more the idea of an entrepreneurship program rather than some of the um or taking risks to find programs that like would actually move the envelope forward and they're not alone in that i'm not i'm not trying to single out the institution i, I love uva i'm a double who now um this is sort of like characteristic of these large institutions um so i was determined to go out and, and create my own startup where um the market the customers were deciding you know what we should be doing rather than um a place that maybe had uh, other goals as their priority um, and so in order to create these, a zero to one startup, um, which is where we're making something completely new for the world, I, I knew that I needed to have a technical skill and biomedical engineering was actually not the thing that I wanted to be doing. I was done being in the lab with the slow times and the FDA approval and, and all that stuff. Um, so I had realized that I actually loved data science and, um, UVA is a data science program. So I was like, why don't I go and do the data science program here in the process, like come up with a new startup idea around it and then like apply to Y Combinator out in Silicon Valley, which is like the best startup accelerator out there in the world um, and, uh, and then and, and go for it. Um, so I decided on that program and I studied for the GRE for that program. Um, and I poured my heart and soul <laughs> and all my dedication into studying for that GRE. So I was, I was shopping around for like more selective and I think more like challenging programs that would help me um, figure out my identity and work, work through some of the issues that I was you know, facing you know, as a late 20, 20s um, person. And so I was looking around and um, I found some other programs that actually one in particular that uh, was known for its case method. And that was the first time I'd really heard of the case method. And I was like, oh, that's really cool. I should, I should go after that. MBA on I me, mean, I guess I could do that. It's more about, you know, like leading and I'm in entrepreneurship now. So I went to someone that I, I really respected who knew me for my entrepreneurial spirit. And I was like, Hey, can you uh, write a recommendation for me for this, this other program? Um, and he was like, well, he's a Darden alum. <laughs> and he was like, you know, Darden does the case method. 
you know, they do a dual degree with the data science program. Um, they have a really good entrepreneurship program. <laughs> and Darden is higher ranked for the educational experience anyways. So why don't you apply to Darden? Uh, that's why I applied. <laughs> wow. What a, what a story. A lot, of, a lot of twists and turns. And you're here. And um, well, how was that first year? Um, that's one of the questions that we really enjoy asking here on the podcast, because it's always a bit of an adjustment for people coming in or a lot of adjustment. Yeah, so um, I, I think I struggled mainly being around a majority of normal people, <laughs> you know, who are following traditional paths to career success. Um, you know, for, as you can imagine, I was sort of blazing my own trail ever since I, I, I graduated, even like coming out of undergrad. So maybe for almost the past, um, maybe eight, eight years, like I've, I've just been completely out of sync with the rest of <laughs> the people my age. So um, it, was, it, it, was, it was that and then coming and um, all the things that Darden kind of throws at you in the, in the beginning, which is why I came here. Uh, I was, it was like standing in a wind tunnel <laughs> with all the perspectives, all the new experiences, um, um, learning about other people's lifestyles, uh, new concepts that we were learning, uh, different ways that people, um, the different intelligences that I think people had. You know, there's like one that's measured by like academics, but there's like creative intelligence and social and emotional intelligence. Um, and then all of the, uh, the Darden um, opportunities um, for social interaction, it was just so overwhelming. <laughs> so adjusting uh, to that, um, I actually almost abandoned um, the entrepreneurship path. Um, I did, I will admit, I did go to a McKinsey coffee chat. Um, <laughs> but um, but it, it, I think I'm glad for that because that and some other experiences, because um, by trying them out, you know, diverging into new opportunities, I think I reaffirmed um, that the path that I had thought that I was supposed to be going down this entrepreneurial one was in fact, the one for me. I think that's important, right? We always tell people to come be focused, but also be open. And sometimes trying things, pushing at your idea can just, again, lead you back to the idea that you've had all along, that that's actually the, the right path for you. So that totally makes sense. Mm -hmm. So, um, tell Tell us a little bit more about your entrepreneurial journey, because there's obviously what you were doing before coming to Darden. And um, I wonder what your path has looked like since you've gotten to Darden. Yeah, well, actually, I should back up. There's a key, there's one more piece of the story. Um, I actually almost didn't come to Darden, uh, even though uh, I had gotten in. So right after I applied for round two, um, one of my former student entrepreneurs who I thought was like, like he was hundred percent going to be successful in any idea he went after. I'd watched him grow over the past couple of years. He was like, uh, yeah, I got a job at Accenture. And I was like, what you have this, you have all of this experience and you have this amazing idea. It was a mobile gaming idea. Why don't you pursue that? And it just felt like he wasn't confident enough. And I was like, well, let's just develop a business plan. And, you know, one thing led to another, we ended up starting to work together on it. And we had a great time applied to Y Combinator, which as you remember, that was the whole reason I wanted to go back to, to graduate school so that I could start a startup that would get into Y Combinator. We were accepted. And then I was like, oh, oh wait. And then Darden was like, hey, we want you. And the, dual, the, the data science program was like, we want you. So I had these two decisions with my life where it was like, I wanted to go to grad school, but it was for the purpose of doing this exact other option. So I was, I was very torn. Um, and it took me a while to figure it out, but I, I, I teased the part that I think I was more excited about helping my friend's business get off the ground than I was about that particular idea. 
and that I think that I needed Darden and um, the experiences that it was going to afford me to help, I think, help me refocus my confidence, I guess, in my direction moving forward in life. And I, I haven't been wrong um, since. I'm, I'm so glad I took that option. And I wasn't just taking, you know, the, the option with my friend because it was just backed by, by a good name. Um, so that was a piece of the story, um, my entrepreneurial journey. I appreciate all the inter- introspection along the way. It sounds like as you're making these decisions, you're having to ask questions about yourself and what you want and where you want to go. All these things that we think are really important on the applicant journey. Yeah, I, you had asked about the uh, entrepreneurial journey a- afterwards. So, okay, so coming coming into Darden, um, um, I, I, I tried to you know, do that ideation process. I didn't have an idea was the problem. That's if I had an idea, I probably may not have come to Darden. Um, but the whole purpose was that I wanted to use that time to reflect and see what kind of an idea I would be passionate about um, going after, even if it wasn't <clears throat> backed by a, a great accelerator. Um, so I got here and I mentioned that first year core kind of, you know, it, <laughs> it was crushing in like the best way possible. It was, it was a crucible. Um, and so I, I had to abandon sort of that entrepreneurial feel and I just let myself go. And I think they, they call it like, you know, trusting the process. Um, and so I, you know, I, I let that go. And I, and I think that that would be my advice for any entrepreneur coming to Darden is like, don't try to do both at the same time. The whole reason you're coming to Darden is for this specially designed uh, and curated experience that they give students in particular, that core program. The electives are great, but they're not, um, not everyone's taking the same thing. So they can't, it's not as like carefully crafted to, to actually make you go through a, a process of introspection. Um, and so I, I let that go. And um, it wasn't until I was going into the summer that I started thinking about it again. All right. And so the summer rolls around and where do you start in terms of like, you find it, finding that idea. I think probably our listeners are wondering, okay, all right, we listened to how I built this and all these people talking about, you know, their ideas. How did, how did you start Alex? Yeah. Um, I think I stopped trying to force it and this, okay. This is a, this is a really important concept that I think I picked up here at Darden. Um, those around effectuation of like how entrepreneurs actually get the good ideas that end up being successful. It's not that they go out there and like search for an opportunity that's out there and then they pick that goal and start making something for it. The best ideas usually come from something that's already inside the person. Um, they call it the burden hand principle. It's who, who are you, what do you know, and, and who do you know? And for me, I love connecting people. I love helping people get to their, their dreams and their goals. Um, career wise, it's like, okay, I could be a tour guide and I'd be happy. <laughs> I, I mean, like how people have fun on, on a tour. Like, that's great. I could be a teacher. And I, I think I was a teacher at, at UVA. Um, but I think this is what was causing me so much uh, of an identity crisis before coming to Darden was like, I was like, okay, but I don't want to do either of those things. I want to make some sort of business. So like, how do I do that? Um, so yeah, going into the summer, I, um, I didn't, and I, this was on purpose, um, despite, you know, the career center trying to, you know, help me like rethink, um, I didn't have an internship and I didn't have an, a particular idea I was working on. I wasn't part of a program, um, that, um, that was like something definite. 
um, <clears throat> I went into the summer and I did four things. One was I had an idea around like helping, continuing to help entrepreneurs um, and basically do what I was doing within the university, but like do it outside the university and try to make money on that. The hard part is, is like, how do you, how do you like make enough money to eat without like being predatory to people <laughs> like early on in the process? So like there was a chicken and egg problem there. Um, but enabled me to sort of focus and, and have more conversations with the people around me who'd been supporting me for a long time. A lot of these people were, were young entrepreneurs and uh, that, that was fun. So I was doing that. Um, I was helping one of uh, the entrepreneurs I already know who's got a, a startup. Um, I don't know if you want me to say what it is, but it's a, a, a music education startup. Um, and I was basically helping him with understanding his customers. And he, he was paying me, you know, part-time for that. Um, third thing was um, since I'd been around the UVA ecosystem, I, I was familiar with the people in the, the Venture Lab, um, which is now called the Venturing Project Squared um, program. Um, and they, they knew that I was really good with a, as being a startup coach. So they were like, hey, do you wanna do some part-time work for us? Like, you know, just meet the teams like every two weeks or so and just be, be there as like, I don't know, a resource, <laughs> you know, in case they, they need people because like you've worked with people before. Um, so between those two opportunities, that was supporting me part-time. Um, and over the course of the summer, working with these entrepreneurs, um, I had a conversation with, with one of them. And he, meant, he said something. He said to me, he said to me, Alex, you know, every connection that you've put me in touch with has been immensely valuable to my business. And every connection you've sent, you ever send me since, I know I, ha I should prioritize that. And I was like, interesting. I wonder if there might be an idea around that. Um, that plus, um, there's a startup called Lunch Club that was, you know, becoming big um, out, outside of Silicon Valley um, for helping people meet new people in the pandemic. Um, it, it basically, you say your preferences at the beginning of each week of like when you would want to meet um, during, during the week and uh, what you're looking for and who you are. And then they schedule meetings with you and somebody else. And it sounds like a great concept. And they raised $25 million from uh, in Series A from like Andreessen Horowitz and other like big VCs. But um, most people who use that service don't take more than maybe three meetings and then they sort of just stop using it. Um, and so I was like, why is that? Because the people that I send meetings, they, they keep getting meetings from me. Um, so that's where the idea for, for Zalance was born. Well, Tell us a little bit more about, about Zalance. Um, it sounds like, you know, this sort of curatorial, like, you know, the person you're, you're thinking about who would be most helpful to them. It's probably the inspiration for, for the, for the company. Yeah, exactly. Um, so the seed of the idea was that I think that instead of using an AI or some sort of like information, um, to match people with new meetings, um, Instead, it's somewhere up here in, in the human brain. And it's less about who in particular they're connecting to, connecting to uh, who in particular they're connecting. It's more that those two people have a strong relationship with that mutual connector. Um, so yeah, so I mean, this idea is sort of an extension of my own personal mission, which I've realized over the course of Darden, my, my why, if you wanna use the Darden language, um, to create and maintain meaningful connections. So, um, well, what Zalance is now is it's a, it's a reimagining of the social network um, where instead of something like posting content uh, about yourself, it's more about um, keeping track of people you enjoy talking with. So your authentic network, uh, easily connecting them to others and 
being able to see the impact of these connections um, over time. And so by making a tool for connectors to be able to do that, um, part of what they're able to do is then, is then make more um, of these connections um, for other people that are out there. Interesting. It feels like uh, certainly maybe the right product for this particular time, people sort of have all these very shallow connections, right? Or it's this, you feel distant from each other, pandemics challenging, of course, but even in non-pandemic times, I think how do you meaningfully connect with people is, has been really one of the pressing questions for people right now. Yeah, the, um, I mean, the pandemic has certainly accelerated um, this social isolation that we all feel, but honestly, it's been a trend that's been going on since social networks became on the rise um, because they're not really social networks. They're truly social media and they're more about the transactional likes, the comments, the follows, rather than the actual relationship itself. Um, loneliness, depression, anxiety have been on the rise, particularly in young people, since the introduction of these networks. And when you pair that with, I mean, we've all seen the social dilemma on Netflix, this surveillance capitalism um, idea that's, that's coming from these social media, I think it's time, it's high time for a change in the way that we use technology to augment uh, and maintain our, our, our connections. A lot of people will try to substitute um, LinkedIn connections or Facebook friends or even followers um, for having an actual meaningful relationship with someone. Just because you knew them 15 years ago and they st are still on your Facebook profile and you see them in your newsfeed, maybe like comment with them, that doesn't mean that they're actually in your social network. For me, I think it, it requires a meaningful interaction on some sort of regular basis. It doesn't have to be every month. It doesn't even have to be every year. It could be every 10 years, but you should be intentional about how you're keeping these people in your life. You can tell you're passionate about about this topic, which I, I really appreciate. It's great. It's great to hear that. I and think um, so. You've got the idea now. Um, so how have you sort of explored this in your second year, right? So you, you could tell that that this is something that that you feel like there's a market there. Um, there's some differentiation potentially uh, for what you're trying to do vis-a-vis uh, -vis some other technologies, uh, social media that's out there. So um, how how has Darden been helpful to you? I almost didn't come back after my second year. So I, I, I was at a crossroads coming back and I was like, why do I want to be, you know, in the negative light, like just sitting in class, you know, studying things that are like totally different than the business that I want to make. Like, what am I going to possibly gain from that? Um, and I ultimately decided to come back because there's so many resources that, that Darden offers. Um, there's a particular um, person who teaches a class called Venture Velocity named D Damon DeVito. And uh, I joke with him that I, uh, I only came back because I, I wanted to take his class, <laughs> Venture Velocity. Um, I, I, it wasn't just because of that, but I think that was the main reason. Um, so here's my reasoning. Second year is a lot easier than uh, the first year core. Um, there's a lot of opportunities that Darden and the wider UVA and Charlottesville ecosystem offer students for making a venture. So in, in effect, it's kind of moving your runway um, for another year, whereas otherwise I'd just be some employed person you know, living in Charlottesville. Um, so I, um, I took advantage of some electives. So in particular, Sarah Sarasvathi's class on effectual entrepreneurship and her other class on starting new ventures were what helped me solidify effectuation um, in my mind as an approach to building entrepreneurship. And so I mentioned bird in hand. That's, that's as you can see, obviously, this idea is an extension of me. It's an extension of who I know and what I've already been doing. Um, 
another principle there is the crazy quilt, which is how do you you not how do you use how do you engage with other people that you know? How do you co-create with them to build things that are meaningful? Darden is all about collaboration, and so um, you know, being here with my classmates, um, we've got like, what would be like eight hundred students, maybe a little bit less than that uh, in total. Uh, offers a fantastic network that I can cultivate with real valuable experiences during a time of this pandemic when like nobody else is really um, able to make those kinds of connections. Um, so Damon's class also, Venture Velocity, I took that in the fall. Um, it's really interesting because it's it's an entire semester long, and but it meets for the same time per week as, as a usual class. So it's three credits, not 1.5. Um, and what we do is we meet um, once per week for about two and a half hours. And um, we, we basically give updates on what we've been working on. We set goals and we say how we reach them, or if we weren't able to reach them, how are we going to get around them? And then brainstorm ways um, to, to solve these problems. Damon also uses his very, very extensive network to bring in, and the relationships he has with these people, to bring in guest mentors who sit in and basically are part of the discussions um, for us. Um, and, and then beyond that, the class itself isn't just open to anyone, which I think is a, a key feature for this. Um, Damon vets the students over time before letting them into the class. He meets people as first years um, and sees sort of how they're thinking, how they're making progress toward a venture. And he tries to handpick those people who are actually putting, you know, a lot of time, like they really want to make this business happen. It's not just like a class project and that kind of energy, all those things together um, have made it um, one of the most important resources. Um, and then just lastly, um, I know I did disparage the uh, sitting in class and doing something like not related to my venture, but honestly, the classes that we have in second year in particular, I mean, first year is great too, um, but in second year, like about leadership and like how we're, how we approach that has been really important. In particular, there's some like reading seminars um, that I took. So I took one where we, we looked at um, the Nike founder, um, read the book like Shoe Dog. We looked at eBay and its growth. Uh, we looked at Jack Welch and his approach to management. I also took one on Thomas Jefferson. And this is another 180 in my life. Um, my mom's a history teacher. And I told her that like, I, I, I despised learning about history, particularly American history, particularly like colonial American history. <laughs> but we studied Thomas Jefferson in this class. And we also looked at his, his contemporaries you know, Abigail Adams, John Adams, uh, Hamilton, George Washington, uh, James Madison. And basically, you know, you read like a book a week. So the work is not light, but we have these incredible discussions in like a group of, I think there's like 10 of us, maybe 12 of us in the class um, taught by uh, Jackie Doyle and Dean Kramer. Um, and that I saw through the lens of entrepreneurship. Those founding fathers were entrepreneurs. And so being able to map my own experience right now as like, I guess I'm an early 30, 30s uh, person now um, with the founding um, siblings, um, how, how they were able to do things um, with, with so little back then and how they use basically effectuation <laughs> to make this country what it is today. So yeah, I don't know. Second year, if you can't tell, has been pretty incredible for me as, as a growing entrepreneur. That's great to hear. What an arc. I mean, there's so many twists in the story. I, I really enjoyed hearing, hearing you talk about, you know, all, all of your, your path to, to this point. And then to start with the idea of like, do I even need to do second year to obviously having 
what sounds like an incredible experience. I, I have total class envy um, when people come on the podcast and talk about the electives that they're taking and the books that they're reading and all this kind of stuff. Um, as the person who hosts this podcast and loves school, I am a, I am a nerd for sure. And so to get to hear people talk about all these seminars, it's, it's incredible. Um, you've also, as I mentioned, been doing the E-Cup and engaged in that. How does that fit into everything that you're doing? How do, how do you use that competition? If you can't tell, I have so much to say and so so little <laughs> time to say it. Yeah, these competitions are incredibly important, but not for the reason why you may think. Um, so sure, these competitions, what? They, they offer you money, prize money, if, if you win. It's a chance for feedback on your idea. Um, I think the important part of it is that you've got some sort of arbitrary deadline. So it's like a half what you're used to with like working towards class deadlines and half what you're working towards like, oh, I've got ownership over this project of mine. Um, most schools out there have a single competition where it's just like a business plan competition. Okay, great. Like, I, why do I need to make financials about an idea that like I'm not, I'm not really working on or I'm not there yet? Um, UVA has a three-phase competition where you don't have to be in the first phase to get to the second phase. You can enter at any time. Um, and it's spread throughout the academic year so that if you were to compete in the first stage, um, which is like lower stakes, you could build your idea and mature it with the phases of the competition and possibly win all three. Um, so the first phase is a concept phase and it's just literally like, okay, what's your idea? What problem are you solving? Who are you solving it for? And like, how would you solve it? You don't have to have solved it. You don't have to have built it. You don't even have to have a revenue model. You just need to have thought of an idea. And, um, and then like, I think there's four tracks and each track, um, uh, there's five winners who each get a thousand dollars and this thousand dollars is no strings attached. So even if you didn't want to keep going with this idea, you could use a thousand dollars for whatever you want. Most people keep going with it. Um, then in February is the discovery competition, which is the one that I just um, recently um, won along with, I think some future podcast uh, guests. Um, and that is more of the effectuation stuff. It's like, okay, your idea is great, but like, it's not, it's never about the initial idea. It's more about like, what have you done to figure out that this idea is actually gonna work? You don't have to have incorporated. You don't have to have sold anything. You just present what you've done according to effectuation. It's like, okay, why is this idea um, related to who you are, what you know, and, and who you know? Um, who have you been able to bring on board and get commitments from? So if you're um, making something, have you gotten a supplier to give you like a discount on it? Have you gotten some users to test the really crappy version of your app that are out there? Have you just gone out there and done interviews with people who would give you their time to tell you about the perspective of the problem that they're having? Um, how have you changed course, like made lemons into lemonade? Um, and then also thinking about like affordable loss, which is like, okay, how have you tried to use free or, you know, I guess less costly resources and what are you willing to give up? Almost like a gambler going to casino, you know, like I'm willing to spend the next six months on this and not take a job. Um, but you know, sort of know that I'm going to call it after that instead of letting it go on. So that's that competition. And then the launch competition, which is coming up is the more formal business plan competition in which you do have to be incorporated to receive the funds. Um, these competitions are incredible because it brings the other student entrepreneurs out of the woodwork. It shows who's really engaged because you go to like an entrepreneurship meetup and like, honestly, anybody could go to those. Anybody could say they're an entrepreneur. Um, there's actually a term in the literature called wantrepreneur, 
Uh, <laughs> and um, these, these competitions kind of help tease that out. You're able to see who else is actually working on it. And you're able to see the quality of, of how they, they pitch their ideas. Um, so we, as entrepreneurs, we kind of use it more as a collaboration tool. It's like, okay, who should I meet who I didn't know about was working on this stuff. Um, the finalists that, that we're going to, that you're probably going to talk to, um, the ones who won in this discovery round, um, what you may not know behind the scenes is that we all knew each other and many of the finalists who didn't make it into the winning or whatever, we also knew them and we all helped each other. We try to make our ideas as, as best as possible to let the judges of the competition decide. Um, and we know that, that it's not perfect. Um, you know, who, who could, who can know if your business is going to be the best success who could, and who, who, who can play almost like God as a judge and, and tell you if your idea is successful. So honestly, those who win, it's validation that you can go after your idea. Those who don't win, it's just, um, I guess more, <laughs> you know, they have this, uh, negative reinforcement, I guess in that, um, it's like, you know, yeah, you know, I'm going to show them, I'm going to keep working on this so that the next time that I'm up against this, I'm going to fill any holes in the perception of the, the judges and my idea, uh, and move forward. So can't, can't, uh, say enough about how amazing these competitions, particularly the way that the one that UVA is, is set up. Question about community for entrepreneurs. So you talked about your work prior to Darden, sort of creating a community of people, sort of bringing people together around, uh, you know, around the shared interest, shared passion. And then obviously you you helped out the summer um, as part of uh, the group of people working through the Venture Lab, and that's a community of sorts. And you're, what you're just talking about here is is community. How important is community uh, for people on an entrepreneurial journey? I think it's incredibly important. Um, the I. The only way that a business really fails is if the founder gives up on it. And that's kind of a, it's kind of a, what is that, tautology? Is that, is that what it's called? Or platitude? Like, uh, it's, yeah, of course, that's, that's why. It's not that they run out of money, it's that they stop working on it. Um, most people's first ideas when they want to be founders, honestly, they're not, they're not even close to being something that's going to be successful. It's never about the idea. So um, it's really about how they move that idea forward. What a community provides is it provides that motivation to keep going. It provides some sort of framework of mutual accountability that you might get in the class. Um, and it provides this sense of shared endeavor that is really hard to find among entrepreneurship. A lot of solo founders, they might try their idea, they'll shoot their shot, you know, referring to Hamilton. And then when it doesn't work or they crash and burn, or they spent too much money or whatever, they abandon it and they say, oh, entrepreneurship wasn't for me. Well, I think every person is entrepreneurial in some way, just like every person is creative. And so it's not that, it's not that like this idea didn't work, it's that it shouldn't have worked. And that how we grow as entrepreneurs is we identify ways to, to kill our, our bad ideas faster or kill the bad parts of them and help you know, make lemons out of lemonade. What a community allows you to do is you have other people working on that idea with you. They're telling you, hey, you should try this. Hey, you should avoid this. This is what I've learned. Um, and you develop these bonds of friendship that are really great cultivated soil, I guess, fertile ground for co-founder relationships. So if you're looking for a co-founder, you don't just like put out an ad on Craigslist and like hope the first person comes, even if they, even if you're the business person and they're the coder, that's not how good co-founder relationships work versus this element of trust. So by having a community of entrepreneurs, <clears throat> the point is almost that your first idea 
is, is, you know, crashes and burns. And, and through that process, you develop a relationship with someone who <clears throat> using effectuation, the combined burden hand that you have that who you are, what you are and who you, who, you know, uh, can be used to make an idea that's actually going to work um, in, in the world. So I, I mean, community, it's a, you can think of this like the fitness journey for all of us who try to make new year's resolutions, particularly in the pandemic, when we can't go to a gym, you maybe buy some home equipment, you start for two weeks and then something happens. Something always happens as an entrepreneur trying to get an idea off the ground, something always happens. And it's a lot easier to put in that job application and take that job, which I'm not saying is, is, is wrong, but if your goal is entrepreneurship, it's a lot easier to take that path than stick it through um, when you're by yourself. Um, when you're at a gym or when you have workout buddies, um, they push you to move, move further. And all of those things that I was saying, the shared endeavor, uh, that sense of mutual accountability is present in the fitness journey. And I mean, just think about it. Like if you, if you work out buddies and you go to a specific time of the gym and then you don't show up, they're not going to be your friends anymore. So there's like, even this like peer pressure pull, um, <clears throat> where, um, where you go because you don't want to let your friends down. And so a community of entrepreneurs is this like rising tide that lifts all of our boats. And I think that's what we're seeing at Darden. That's why being within this community of Darden is so important as an entrepreneur uh, and why, you know, one of the reasons why I came. Well, one question I'm sure that's on all of our listeners' minds is what's next for Zalance? What is next? That's a good question. <laughs> um, so right now I've been building out the, the actual, I, I had a no-code prototype and I learned over the course of the fall and winter break um, how to build an actual app, which is easier now than ever. I'm not some like super amazing learner. It's a lot easier now than ever. Um, and I've been doing a beta test for like the last month. I'm applying to some programs like Y Combinator um, and, and Techstars. And I've been trying to make inroads with our, our community of you know, angel investors, um, all the while trying to make the product a little bit better. And so my, my affordable loss, I'm, I'm sort of seeing between now and graduation, uh, how far I can get uh, to making this a stable venture. And with the money that I was able to get from the winning the concept and discovery phases, my runway actually extends probably through the summer. So I've got that time to, to fill it out. Um, but if it doesn't work, then, you know, it doesn't work. I'm not going to try to force it. Um, I am on the side looking for other things um, to be doing. In particular, it seems like the natural tra trajectory of my career is maybe running an entrepreneurship center. You can see I'm very passionate about helping entrepreneurs succeed. Um, and if I can use this tool that I'm building to help me doing that, great. Um, in the effectuation mindset, it's, it's not about having that one goal that I'm like going headlong toward, which is what you think of as an entrepreneur. You think of like the, the Steve Jobs of like, oh, I've got the vision and, and I'm, I'm like, I know I'm putting the world in its place to, to get it there. That's not how entrepreneurs actually work. And thinking about that's almost harmful to the process. You need to think of it more of an abundance of like, hey, I'm doing these things. And by doing them, I'm seeing opportunities rise. And if I find an opportunity that, that may be pulling me away from the goal that I thought I was going to, even if it's launching a business, then I should be taking that because it's what um, it's what sort of I, I'm meant to be going after. You should be thinking of yourself as almost like a startup <laughs> in a way. I like that idea. Um, so everybody's a startup. Everyone is a startup. And it's really important to think of yourself as this, you're creating opportunities for yourself as you move through the world. 
Last question for you, Alex. I wonder if you have a piece of advice. I feel like there's been a lot of information and advice shared here. To ask you for one more piece of advice feels maybe like overkill, but we always ask, you know, if we've got prospective student listeners here, they tune in for the podcast, anything that you would want them to know about Darden? Yeah, I I think that uh, one of the phrases that is, is thrown around Darden, at least in the first year, is the um, trust the process phrase. And I think that's that's what I want to key in on as his, as his final advice is that no matter if you end up at Darden or if you end up somewhere else, um, you should be trusting the process of your own life. And this is related to what I was just saying. Um, you shouldn't be caught up in this scarcity mindset, you know, that, that also, you know, fixed mindset. If you're, you follow Carol Dweck, um, a lot of people get caught up in scarcity, especially around MBA admissions. Like, oh, I didn't get into that program. Uh, what am I going to do with my life? You know, I'm somehow less than it's like, no, you just didn't, you know, get that lottery ticket. You didn't get the right numbers in the lottery ticket, but there's more than opportunities that are out there. And there's more opportunities that are better fits for you out there, which is sort of the flip side of like why I was considering not coming to Darden, even though I got in, it sounds like a ridiculous thing. Well, I was considering not doing Y Combinator and ultimately didn't, um, um, pursue that, that company and said came to Darden. So Darden's a wonderful experience, but it's not the only way and it may not be your path. Um, but I think there's two kinds of people who might need advice that maybe I could give. Um, there's dreamers and uh, practical realists on the two ends of the spectrum. And we tend to like want to go towards one or the other. We're all about extremes <laughs> in this day and age. For the dreamers, um, like me, who maybe live in agony or perpetual stress because they haven't achieved what they wanted to achieve. Or, or maybe those people who are in their late twenties, early thirties, who are like, I haven't, I'm not Forbes 30 under 30 for the thing that I thought I wanted to be doing. Um, I think that you should take a page out of effectuation. If you're going to change the world, it's going to come from you, um, quote unquote, tending your own garden first. You should be, you know, watering the plants, you know, of your own garden, like taking care of your health, you know, having good relationships with your friends and family and working on problems because you're just curious and you want to like play instead of being forced to build something out there for the world. Um, there is an idea that only you can bring to an actual reality. Maybe not a business idea, but it could be like who you are as a person in, in your career, but only you can do that. And I think by understanding yourself better, you will create the future. It's for those of the people those people on the other side of the spectrum, the practical realists, for those who maybe are scared to dream, who are like, oh, entrepreneurship's way too risky. Uh, <laughs> I think you'd be surprised. You know, entrepreneurs are actually calculated risk takers. Um, effectuation shows that as well. Um, and that I think that for those people, you should take advantage of some of the opportunities, particularly the ones that Darden offers, um, for just getting involved, dipping your toe into entrepreneurship, just you know, pulling on the thread of an idea that comes to you, you know, one of those shower thoughts, right? You don't have to stick to something that's going to have a, a, a dedicated return. Um, and, you know, just try something, you know, work on a, a project with your friends. What's, what's the worst that could happen? <laughs> um, and so for both of those extremes, I think that they converge somewhere in the middle um, where if we all kind of try to find that middle path, um, we're all going to be able to make the world a little bit better than we found it. 
Well, Alex, I want to thank you for your time today. I really enjoyed this conversation. Thank you for being so open um, and so candid in your responses. Uh, you're going to have to keep us posted about Zalens. Best of luck in the E-Cup and in the months ahead and the Y Combinator and everything. Um, you got a lot to look forward to, it sounds like. And so um, thank you again for sharing your story and, and sharing your time. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. And that was my interview with Alex Zaretta second year student in our full-time MBA class of 2021. As always, if you have any comments, suggestions, requests, anything you'd like for us to cover here on the podcast, we're all ears. We can be reached at Darden, that's D-A-R-D-E-N, at virginia.edu. Till next time, stay safe, be well, and thanks for listening.